a little bit more thought and a little bit more research and you see these scores and the competence level of American youth declining. We give out more degrees and more graduations than we ever have, yet we have a public more ignorant than it's ever been. And when you compare... Everybody and welcome back to another episode of Tea with Taylor. Uh, as always, thank you for joining me and if my content brings you any value, please consider like, sharing, or subscribing. So I don't have any tea today, but I do have some things that I would like to discuss with all of you. As I've been thinking about a lot lately, but definitely recently, given the craziness of COVID, it actually has made you think about things a little bit more and more, hopefully, at least it should. So, like many of you, I am a product of the public school system, and despite maybe not being the best student or coming out thinking that I wasn't that smart, which we'll get into later, I have a decent track record as far as how successful I've been in my short life thus far. But that doesn't mean that I don't find there to be major flaws in the way that our public school system is orchestrated and ruled, I guess you could say, or run, as well as the way it is taught to our children and the children that attend these schools. So in this episode, I want to discuss the topic of the, our public school system. and I'm going to kind of break it down into three subjects or three topics. The first one starting off with just kind of the way that it's orchestrated, the way our classes are broken out and our schedule for the public school system. And then I wanna get into why I think it is an inefficient way to teach children and I think it's inefficient overall. And then lastly, I will kind of wrap it up by giving my opinion of the situation and on if I, and maybe if I just think it's total incompetence and stupidity or if there's a little bit more malice and maybe a little bit more sinister than I previously thought or many of us were to believe or told to believe. So to start off the way our public school system is facilitated and um, orchestrated, I guess you could say, how it is put together. And I went to Anchor Bay public school system in Michigan, full disclosure, and we started off school, I think for about around like 7.15 and we got out at like 3.15. And like many of you, I also was an athlete, so I would play school sports as well as travel sports, which I would play after school, after school hours. So when you start so early, and we'd have probably six classes a day in lunch, now all of those, one of those classes might have been more of a like gym class or something like that, but we had six classes a day and a lunch period. So getting there at 7.15 in the morning and leaving at 3.15, and then having soccer from 4.30 till about six, and then getting home and eating dinner and socializing somewhat with your family and getting enough sleep to stay energized. And it's important to have a lot of sleep. Me personally, I am a sleeper. It keeps me happier, it keeps me more alert and energized, but especially for those who have developing brains and who are growing at such a young age, it's important to get have allow them to have sufficient amount of sleep and good sleep. So I understand why we start school so early because parents, have to go to work they need somewhere to put their children which is an issue that i won't get into in this video as much but definitely um how our society has come to you know kind of orchestrate itself with two parents 
working and therefore needing the public school system or we're told to believe that the school system should be our babysitters and practically not only teach our children but raise our children rather than doing it more community-based and I don't know, figuring it out a different way, but that's for another video. But it's definitely plays into the scenario that we have with the public school system because parents are locked in to not being able to teach their children themselves. They have to get rid of their children before they go to work. And so the 7.15 to the 3.15. And what I would propose is to have it, even if you had to start still at 7.15 or 7.30, maybe 7.30 till 10 o'clock, you have a study period. You have time to work on homework from the night before or meet with a teacher or another person, or another educator to help you if you had any issues. You're able to meet with class uh, classmates if you have a class project. So you have this maybe 7.30 to 9.30 or 10.30 and then instead of having six classes a day, you had four. It was more of like a college setup where you had one class or a few classes one day, different classes the next day, and then you had your your other classes the, the following day. So you kind of do it every other every other day. So instead of six classes, you have four classes. So from seven seven thirty or seven fifteen to nine thirty or ten o'clock, you have study period. And then from ten o'clock to twelve o'clock, you have two classes. So each 45 minutes or an hour and then there's a break in between so you have time to get to your other classes then you have a lunch break then you have two more classes and then people go home and this way not only do you have time to do your schoolwork and I mean I think 7 30 is still early maybe maybe it's 7 30 if you want to but 8 30 if your parents are able to get you there later and then you go till 10 so you still have an hour and a half because maybe eight o'clock works better for your parents. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I don't know exactly. I'm just thinking creatively of better ways as well as if you don't have the same classes every day, you have more time to do the homework in between days. And I don't think you should have classes, so many classes in one day, because if you're like me, I learned that I actually am pretty smart, but I don't learn by just like reading a textbook and going to be able to jot down five classes in one day that I have to memorize all this different, all these different topics and then go home and my, I have to do just flashcards and read the textbook because the test is just going to be a bunch of multiple choice questions of things that I had to memorize. That's just like not how I'm going to learn. Now, of course, I'm sure, I'm, I, full disclosure, I wasn't the most disciplined student. I definitely probably, I definitely could have been better when it came to schoolwork. Thankfully, I was like, you know, an average B student. So I did well enough, but I got you know, some A's in art class and gym class, and then maybe some C, definitely some C's here and there too, or more frequently than here and there, some C's. And like many of you, I'm sure I grew up in a household where my parents got divorced at seventh grade when I was in seventh grade, so they didn't get along very well. And therefore it complicated their ability to really focus on my education. And I'm sure there's many of you who have that similar situation and that's not to hate on my mom. She's a lovely woman and who raised us very well, but given the circumstances there, I, I lacked that. And I was a decent enough student where I wasn't failing out. So they didn't have to like, you know, really take that additional attention to my schoolwork. So full disclosure, I will, I will admit that I probably wasn't the most, I wasn't the most disciplined student, but I also learned that I'm not one that's going to read a textbook. I'm not going to do it. Now, I've fallen in love with reading. I've fallen in love with history. All these things, philosophy that I didn't take an interest in, but I don't know if it's because I was never interested or the way it was taught. 
I mean, many of the teachers in the public school system are not very good teachers, but they're protected. Uh, people with, that work within the public school system are protected, and it's hard to fire them if they do something wrong or if they're just not competent at their job. And I'm sure many, you know, we can all remember those select few teachers that were, you know, good teachers and majority of them were not though. And that will obviously impact the way you learn. Rather than maybe a textbook, wouldn't it be nice if you were maybe studying of the American Revolution? Cause we only briefly studied that. I mean, it's blows my mind that we don't really learn about the Federalist Papers. I didn't really study the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. Why is that? More on that later. But instead of just studying a textbook and remembering these dates and these people, which is important, why not get individual books on a subject? Why didn't I read the Federalist Papers to learn the ideas of what happened when they created a federal government? Why didn't I read maybe uh, biographies on our founding fathers? and learn their ideas when they were constructing the Declaration of, Declaration of Independence and then the Constitution. Why didn't I, you know, reading books specifically on the Stamp Act and the Boston Tea Party rather than just a textbook? And then instead of just memorizing everything, having to understand the ideas and being able to communicate the ideas and the philosophies behind the idea of America. Rather, we're just given a textbook and some multiple choice questions for the most part. And also when you're, when they're teaching you a lot of the times, it's not really that much discussion and conversations about ideas. And now of course, thankfully we have technologies where we can watch more visuals and listen to more maybe, you know, people, people having their own discussions and debates because I think you learn from that and it challenges your your thoughts when you have to communicate them and you have to try and have a conversation with someone else, maybe of the same opinion or an opposing opinion. Rather, we're taught for the most part, like multiple choice questions, just to read, remember and repeat. Read, remember and repeat. I didn't learn how to think. I didn't really, I couldn't critically think when I came out of the public school system. Now for the last five years, I've had a awakening of the lack of knowledge that I had and how ignorant I actually was. And I've gone through my own educational journey where I've fallen in love with reading. I've fallen in love with history and the psychology behind what is America and the idea of America. But why, and even when you think about math, I've learned in the last few years, I've bought a house, a multi-unit where I, an investment property where I'm a landlord and I rent out one unit, I live in the other. I lived for practically for free the last four years and now I'm in the process of selling it for a return on my investment. Why didn't we learn about return on investments? Why don't we learn about taxes? Why don't we learn about actual real life situations that will better us in the future? Rather, we're just learning algebra and geometry and statistics. I'm not saying those things aren't that are important for a specific field that you later want to go into. But the things we aren't learning about are the things we, everyone uses in their day-to-day -day life. And that goes back to why we have poor teachers. Because if you had a good teacher, of course, they're given some the curriculum of what they have to teach. But if you have a good teacher and they're, they take interest in their students, which is already hard because there's so many of them, and then you have distracted students or students that cause a ruckus, in the class and they're distracting to the other students who want to pay attention, that's another issue. But when you have 
teachers. Teachers should be able to see abilities in students. Thankfully, when I moved away, I, I worked with my managing broker who became a mentor because he saw something in me. He saw potential in me, probably maybe even before I saw potential in me. That's what teachers should see. When I was in art class, and I remember this, in second grade, I was in art class, and we were supposed to draw four suns, and I drew them all differently. Apparently, we were supposed to draw them all the same. I drew them all differently, and my teacher yelled at me that I didn't follow directions. I wasn't obedient enough. Rather, if she was a good teacher and an art teacher, she should have noticed that I have some creativity within me, and maybe kind of tried to lead me towards more art classes, which would have been a good thing, because I'm a good drawer and a painter. I enjoy both and I've actually sold some of my artwork recently, but I never took more art classes. I took one in college and I took, you know, one art class in high school too, but they should be able to see potential and, and see talent or ability in their students and then kind of direct them to maybe take more classes of that interest. And if they do well, maybe that's the route they go rather than leaving high school and be like, what do I like? What do I know? What do I want to go into when I go to college? Here, you have to go to college and you have to spend anywhere from thirty to over $100,000 in debt, but we didn't teach you about finances and we didn't teach you about interest rates and we didn't teach you about taxes. Good luck. I mean, this is how we're teaching our children and this is how we're putting them into the world. And it's not efficient. Now, these are just some ways that I think would be more promising as far as constructing the day-to-day -day in the school and how we choose our curriculums and how we choose our teachers. It shouldn't be very difficult to make an adjustment with the teacher or fire them if they're, if they're not doing their job and their numbers aren't showing efficiency in the way they're being taught. Many of our public school system, the average amount of children can't read or write. How do these teachers keep their jobs if they can't, if their students can't read or write? And so when they're teaching us or whatever they're teaching us, it's not, in my opinion, for the most part, for the vast majority of children, it's not positioning them to then have a successful life. The most important thing to learn and what they should be doing in schools is to challenge your mind and to learn to critically think. Because once you learn to critically think, now I realize that I actually probably maybe, maybe would have done better in some of these classes if I just knew how to think rather than just repeat, remember. Remember, repeat, because I don't have that kind of memory. I'm not just going to be able to read a bunch of, you know, a, a bunch of words and know their definition and just remember that on test. That's not what I'm going to do. But now that I've learned how to think, I've, I, I'm, I know money. I'm good at money math. I can kind of think about investments. and but I don't think they want you to critically think. And this leads me to kind of my last point. I don't think they want you to critically think. They want you to remember what they tell you, to repeat, to be obedient, to take direction, to have a project. And instead of giving you just a topic of what a project could be and you be creative and figure out the best way to present that topic, you must do your presentation like this, this line. You must do this. You must have this done, this done, this done, this done, this done. And it must be presented in a way that looks like this. Taking away all of your creativity. Being obedient to doing what they, what they say you should do. Not thinking. They're giving you what to do. And you are just doing it to try and get the best grade. 
or if you're like me, maybe being a little bit more lazy about it because I didn't follow directions all that well and I always got marked down because I didn't follow the directions point by point by point. I got the overall topic completed or the overall assignment completed, but not with all the detail-oriented, you must do this, you must do this, you must do this. And that's because someone like me, and I think a lot of students, actually, it's not that I wasn't smart. I'm actually quite smart. It's not that I didn't have abilities. I have a lot of abilities. Thankfully, even though at the time, because a lot of my, my friends did better in school than I did, now I wasn't like a failure, but I was, it made me think that I wasn't that smart. Now I didn't believe it. And I say I didn't believe it because I lived my life kind of in a, I take risks, but calculated risks. And I think if I actually believed I was stupid, I probably wouldn't have made many of the decisions that I've made to take an internship, to go into fashion merchandising and design, because I think I have an ability to go somewhere with that even though people would look at me and scoff at me that I was going into, what are you gonna do in fashion? And so I went into fashion merchandising and design and then I got an internship and then I got a job and I moved out to another state and I bought a house and I became a landlord. So I've taken calculated risks. That's why, and I'm not trying to brag, I'm just saying, not that it's much to brag about, but I'm just saying that even though I thought during school and through those many years that I wasn't that smart, I didn't actually believe it because my, choices and my decisions that I made in life didn't reflect me believing that I was stupid and incapable and your actions speak more louder than your words so I always thought I had some capabilities I always knew that I had some I had a drive in me I always worked hard and I was creative I saw the creativity and the potential in me before any of the teachers or what the public school system reflected of me because if you saw my GPAs and stuff like that you'd be like eh. Good luck, she's not gonna do anything in life. She's not gonna go on to be, you know, go through all this schooling. And that's not to hate on anyone who goes through schooling. Now I think there's issues with the college structure as well. And I have a video on that as a little plug for myself. Uh, uh, why we shouldn't pay for, why we shouldn't have student loan forgiveness. So check that out. But it's just that, so the way that it's set up in my opinion, is not for the success of our students. It's for the maybe convenience of parents or the convenience of the staff within the school when their interests are taken over the education of our children. And thankfully, myself and many others who didn't do good in school will still do very well in the real world. But the school system shouldn't make us think that we're not smart, as well as many others. And imagine the amount of more progress you could have for children who are just giftedly talented in their abilities, as well um, as far as just IQ. But there has to be a better way to not only keep our children engaged, rather than just drugging them with Adderall if they don't focus in school and they're not paying attention, their grades aren't well enough, maybe the way it's taught is really boring and it's inefficient. Maybe the way it's set up is set up for us to fail because we can't stay awake or we can't focus on so many things or digest the way it is. Maybe it's not the kid's fault 
that you should be, and maybe you shouldn't be drugging them when their brain is developing. Maybe the way you teach and the organization of the public school system is done inefficiently because maybe you guys are incompetent. Many of them are. And maybe there's some people that are a little bit more sinister. And why do I say that? Now, of course, there's always incompetence. There's always incompetence. There are always stupid people. And there's always people that are going to take advantage of the situation. Sure, I'm going to be a teacher because once I get a teaching job, it's really hard to fire me and I'm not going to put all my effort in. There's going to be those people, of course. And there's obviously parents who fall into the trap of the situation that our now society has orchestrated with a two-parent household. Many of them split up and they all both have to work, leaving their children and their education to someone else, mostly the public school system. But for those people who I think are very aware of the conditions in our public school system, in our school, public schools, they're aware the teachers aren't that well. They're aware their kids can't read and write at the levels that they should. They're aware they're not very well read. Yet, they don't do anything about it. They're aware that they don't teach them about taxes of the government or sufficiently learn about the founding in the government of America. They're aware that they're teaching them falsehoods, that biology, men and women aren't aren't a real thing, now you can be whatever you want because they're aware when the public is ignorant and when the public is confused, they're easy to manipulate and control. Makes sense, right? Why would they want you to know about taxes? Then you might question how they tax you. Why would they want you to know about history? Why would they want you to know about the idea of America? Because then you won't be able to objectively look at America versus the rest of the world and realize and acknowledge that you've grown up in the most privileged, prosperous, free society, diverse society that the world has ever seen. And if they don't teach you about the government and the way our government functions and the history of our government, knowing that actually we didn't always have an income tax. The 16th Amendment, when the income tax was ratified, that wasn't until 1913. We also didn't always have a Federal Reserve, a private bank, private bank that controls our monetary system. That was instituted in 1913. Why don't we learn these things? Because if we always thought of so much government control in our lives, why would we question it? That's just how it's always been. And if we don't really know history, what can we compare it to? And if we don't really know taxes, why would we ask about where our taxes are going? We like the idea of having our taxes and our government pay for everything and fix everything. Less risk for us because we weren't taught to, to take calculated risk. We weren't taught to critically think. We were to remember, to repeat, to listen, to obey. And then slowly, by, slowly and surely, decade after decade, year after year, we give up more of our rights, more of our freedoms, for an ever-growing coercive government that teaches us nothing but takes everything from us. So we don't learn history because then we can't compare our history to other history. And then we can't learn from the mistakes of history to not repeat them today. We don't learn about taxes or investments or money in general. They don't want you to know about money. They want you to give them more tax money so then they can take control of your lives for your safety. It's for you. 
Not to mention our tax code is over 75,000 pages long because I'm sure that benefits the public. It's for your safety and it's for your benefit. It makes sense. It makes sense because it's not transparent. Because it's not transparent, we're too confused and then we don't ask questions. Why would they teach us how to read and write and communicate correctly and to adults and convincingly? Because when you can read, write, and communicate, you're deadly. And you can do all of that through your ideas because you learned how to critically think. Why do they not want you to learn how to critically think? They want you to remember, to repeat, to obey. And if you don't critically think and you can't communicate, write, and read ideas, well then, what ideas are you going to formulate and communicate to people that are not theirs? You're not. You're going to remember, repeat their talking points, and you're going to obey because they just indoctrinated you for years and years and years on what to believe and what to think. Not only by telling you what to think, but by not teaching you other ideas. Because when you don't know those other ideas, it's hard to think about them. And so that's what I've been thinking about <laughs> for quite a few years now. Because like I said, I didn't think I was smart. I didn't believe it because I believed I had abilities and I knew I had potential. Thankfully, I was willing to take calculated risk and to bet on myself. But throughout all those years and reflecting back on it, especially now in the time of COVID, when they're masking our children and they're teaching them that gender and biology is not a figment of our imagination. Men can be women, women can be men. And they're not teaching us the Federalist Paper and the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and the Declaration of Independence and that America has what America has built and comparing it to the rest of the world is the most privileged, prosperous, free society the world has ever seen. They don't want you to be an individual. They want you to be a part of a group, a group identity. Because when you're an individual and you can critically think and you can read and you can learn and you can communicate and you can write, you can be opposition to them. And they don't want opposition. They want obedience. They want to stay in control. And that's why they cultivate a society where they are the option for to control your children, to control their education. Don't worry about it and it's free. Not only is it not free because you pay it in the form of taxes and who knows where the vast, 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 vast majority of those, that tax money goes. It's your children's education and your children's mind that they're controlling. And we've been told to think that or we've just come to believe that. Because when I grew up, I, did, I thought homeschooling was for weirdos. But recently I've had... I've been thinking about it more and I had clients who, sweet people, who had children and they homeschooled all their children. And they made me think about it more that there was like co-ops. You could either teach it yourself or you could work with other parents and they have other people in the community to maybe to do field trips, to do other classes if you're unable to. And they give you curriculums and there's actually a community of people who have done this. And they even said that they have noticed that children who are homeschooled actually communicate better specifically with adults because they have that interaction and they have that those 
conversations with adults. And it tends to be that homeschoolers are pretty successful and they do cool things. I mean, they went into the Dominican Republic for one or two years and they learned Spanish. Their children, most of them are now bilingual. That's pretty awesome. But we were told, or at least somehow through society, made to believe that homeschooling was for weirdos. And the public school system was, for the most part, the, the only option and to some, maybe the best option. Now, of course, I'm sure there's private schools that are great and I hope you do your research before going even into a private school, but I can promise you my children, my future children will never step foot in a public school. My idea would be to do a school, to be homeschooled. And now I don't think I would do it myself because I don't really want to. And I have, yeah, I just, I would love to be part of putting a curriculum together, read certain books and certain topics, but I would like to hire a teacher, um, someone who is, has good abilities to teach to children and team up with other parents in my community, maybe 10 parents, maybe a little bit less and have rent out a space and we help put the curriculum together and they teach our children. And that way I have control of their education. I have control who teaches them and I have control or an input into what it is that they're being taught and how it is that they're being taught. That's how it should be. We should raise our children and we should educate our children. We should not leave it up to the state and the government to raise our children and to educate our children. And if you don't see an, inch, an issue or a conflict of interest that that could be, I would ask you and plead you to give the topic in the a little bit more thought and a little bit more research and you see the scores and the competence level of American youth declining. We give out more degrees and more graduations than we ever have, yet we have a public more ignorant than it's ever been. And when you compare that to other countries, we are declining in our education. And I can't help but ultimately think that there is a motive behind this and it's not in the best interest of our youth and our children and their education rather it's in the best interest of our government their control their power and i i don't know where that would lead us but it doesn't seem to be going very well so i just wanted to talk about that and kind of give you guys my insight of what i've been thinking about and of of course always i hope it was informative interesting entertaining a little bit and it gave you something to think about so if it did please consider like sharing subscribing i always appreciate you guys joining me and learning with me and kind of going going along this educational journey of mine along with me so i appreciate the support and god bless and i will see you guys soon thank you take care